Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So yeah, man, this is the Talking Texas Podcast. I'm Daniel Taluk. I'm Hapo. Yeah, and we do this. What were you, were you gonna say? Your government name there for a second? Nah. <laughs> I'm keeping on the double H, y'all. You know. Yeah, man, and uh, we do this every Tuesday. This is uh, what episode eight, I think. Wow. Yes, episode eight. Well, yeah, man. Yeah, so you good, man? Man, I'm just trying to live. I'm trying to breathe. I'm trying to breathe. I'm trying to stay alive. I'm trying to stay alive from here to oblivion, man. What's up, man? Dan, how's how's your life going, man? Man, I'm good. Uh, I I got. I'm in talks with gold.com, like I said before. So, I mean, oh, yeah? I, yeah, I got a contract with Bleach Report. So, everything's rolling, man. You were just on uh, you were just on TV. So, yeah, I'm not, yeah so, so, it's not the thing, things going all right for the whole talking team. Man. Yeah, I just did I a know. little small TV thing, you know. So, yeah, man, you know. We are progressing, but this is about football. So, yeah, man. Let's, <laughs> let's, there's, there's a lot so, to dissect. So. There's there's so much to talk about this week. I think there's there's no other place to start than than at Manchester United, right? Uh, is this finally because you know what this is like? You know you know what this is. This is like that girl in school who you really like, and you've been together for like years, and you think finally this is I'm gonna pop my cherry tonight, and then she <laughs> says no 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 next week. And then next week you get all hyped up, all tense, and then say, "Oh no, no, tomorrow!" And it just keeps on delaying and delaying. And soon, man, you're just gonna get those blue balls. <laughs> so it's like I mean, this has uh, just dragged on and on and on and on. I mean, my lord. I mean, uh, I, I tweeted out uh, the other day if I can find this tweet, and people, I mean, it got you know its fair share of retweets. <laughs> that was like. Pogba's been having this Manchester United medical for like eight weeks now. What the hell are Manchester United testing? His stem cells. Man. Like, <laughs> it's this like. Has, literally, no, you know, this has pretty much gone on for like about two months now. Like, I'm, this is one of the longest transfer sagas I can remember in a very long time. I mean, and, and to think they let him go free. So it's been like a saga since 2012. It's, yeah. it's been that long, and he's been asked questions about it. I even read a quote where he was like, "There's no way I'm gonna go back to Manchester United because they disrespected me," and 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 he said it didn't matter the money. Which, <laughs> I mean, I love footballers, but it's all we, like that's clearly bullshit. 
I read that he's going to get 20 million pounds a year. That's like 385,000 pounds a week. Yeah, no, 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 when you, you said don't say no to that. No, when you sent me that tweet, I was like, you know what? No matter how much you love for football or you support your club, I can't support that. I can't support an individual. I don't care pre or post that. I don't give a damn. I can't support a footballer earning 385,000 a week. That's ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous. let's say, guys, that he has a five-year contract on $20 million a year. That's, oh, not dollars, pounds, excuse me. That's a 100 million pound contract plus the 90 million for the transfer fee and then the 20 million added for the agent's fee. So I'm not good at math, but I know that's 210 million that's pounds for, for one player. That's obscene. Do you know what I've always said, said about this is that if, because we are looking at this as, as paupers, okay, we are poor laymen, where a hundred million million for us. Is hey, 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 not for long, not for long. <laughs> Look, Go ahead. A millionaire, I don't think I'd be able to even talk to you. Okay, so if you were worth a few hundred million, I don't think I'd even be able to reach, reach you right, right now. So, um, but the thing is that if I'm like, a, if like, I've got two billion in the bank, a hundred million ain't that much for me, mate. So it's like, yeah, it's all relative. People say, "Oh, United man, are they spending this much?" No, like, if you've got the money, and remember, these are successful businessmen. They're not gonna spend a hundred million if they know they only have two hundred million in total. They have the cash, and they have a huge surplus of that cash. And in, in their minds, they're like, "Wait, man, this is the big player. This guy can really totally enhance that team. We have the cash. Boom." They spend it. So and it's like it's not your money. So for I me, mean, I look I look at it in a sense of like, wow man, you know, valuations have just I look at it in the sense of like, you know, three hundred and ninety-five thousand a week, um twenty million million a year. If you're a guy who you are slaving away nine to five, hustling, doing two jobs at a time, you, you can't even sniff an eighth of that fee. That's so that's I mean, that's just how I view it. It's like, you know, I mean, wow. It's, uh, it's silly money, silly cash. On on one hand, it's good for United, man. But you know, yeah. Uh, on one hand, I can understand your point when you say if you have the money, spend it. And half of me, or maybe sixty percent of me, is is in that category. But the the other forty of me is thinking like, do you know what this does to the rest of the transfer market? It throws everything else off, which is why you're but seeing I mean, Lukaku going for seventy five if he's indeed sold. It's why you're seeing John Stones go for $50 million if he is indeed sold. So, I mean, yes, on one hand, if you have the money, you're well within your right to spend it. And who am I to tell this mega club, this super club, this worldwide entity who probably makes way more than I – don't, I don't know. I can't even fathom how much money Manchester United makes. So who am I to tell them how to spend it? But there's, there should be reason here. It shouldn't just be because we make so much money. We can just throw common sense out of the window and just spend all this money for no reason because you have to think, what is this going to do to clubs like, I don't know. For, for instance, Everton just tried to buy Yannick Bellassi from Crystal Palace for 18. That makes sense to me because Yannick mm-hmm. Bellassi is a he's a decent footballer. Yeah, he aye, he aye, he aye. But, but, but Everton are like, oh, no, not Everton, excuse me. Crystal Palace is like 18, are you serious? But <laughs> it's it's almost like 18 million is, is like sniff that, like you, you thumb your nose at it. 
So it's just kind of indicative of like, if he's going for 90, what does that do to everyone else? It inflates the value. Yeah, I'm not, look, I'm sorry. I know that I people will get annoyed whenever I say this, but you know what I'm going to say? 50 million for a certain player. You know where I'm going, don't, don't, don't you? Sterling or Torres? Yeah, there we go. There we, first, <laughs> first name was right. You didn't need the first name. I always go to that, you know, once I saw that, I was like, okay. In my view, that's when things began to get out of hand because Raheem Sterling for 50 million. This guy was like 19 or 20 years old. So it's like, that's why, you know what I think? We shouldn't, we were looking in the wrong place. We shouldn't even be looking at these fees. It doesn't matter anymore. It has gotten so overboard that whenever I see these fees, it doesn't really, it doesn't mean anything to me. They're just numbers. It's just numbers. So there's no point in trying to wrap your brain around it because you will never be able to wrap your head around those fees. So all you can do is like, you know what? It is what it is. How does this affect Juventus? How does this affect United? Has Pogba made the right move? That is really where my focus is on right right now. Yeah, yeah, that's so, probably, that's that's the sensible way to look at it. I mean, I think until it's one hundred percent confirmed, yeah, then we can really talk about okay, how will it? Because you know what? Who knows, man? I still believe this is not going to go through. <laughs> he's in. I he's in Carrington. He's he's in Carrington. At I mean, guys, we're we're recording this. Uh, maybe I don't know. 12 hours before you guys hear it. Mm. So by the, by, by the time you guys hear it, he might have been confirmed and he's holding oh, up the shirt. Not. This may even Based on how this has gone, I will not be surprised if he's at Carrington for the next week. <laughs> and he's basically taking pictures and, and they say, hey man, Pogba, where at Carrington? Oh no, I'm just here for, I'm seeing like an old cousin of mine. I'm still a UV player. No, I actually saw, I, I saw him with the, uh, with the Manchester United laundry ladies. So he was, he's, he had, maybe he, he knows Manchester United stuff on. Maybe he's like, hey man, I remember when you did my laundry when I was so young. Oh, that's so great. Let me just put on this United jersey and let's just take a nice little picture so I can rekindle the days of when I was a United player and you did my laundry when I was so young. This is happening. That like this is real because otherwise Juventus wouldn't have spent all that money on Higuain, who by the way is grotesquely out of shape, <laughs> which I find funny. <laughs> Not that I can laugh at anybody because I'm not in shape, but I I find it funny that they spend all that money, and he has. Well, you're not a professional football player, so you don't have an obligation to be in shape. He has no excuse to be out of shape. So same as Nasri, he was, he literally (laughs) was, he literally was told that mate, you can piss off because you're too fat. That's what. That's about it. Nasri, you're too fat and you're and you're blonde, man. (laughs) Take a hike. Um, so yeah, look, man. Let's see what happens. I still don't think it will go through. I think something will happen in the twelfth hour, and it will fall through. That's my like, like on some David de Gea, the paperwork didn't go through type. Yeah. Man, thank you. I remember who was involved as well with all that paperwork stuff. Ed Woodward. So maybe he will flop and drop the ball again. It's different in that case because United didn't want to sell him. I don't think. Woodward and Fox. I don't know. They, he, just, he, just, he just looks like a very untrustworthy, tricky kind of guy. So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't really trust his whole paperwork. Kind of looks like a mouse. He looks like a mouse. Yeah, like he looks like you know Jerry from someone. Jerry looks like Jerry's cousin. <laughs> someone, someone, Jerry. So I mean, just kind of sticking with United, but I guess we can throw the the defending champions in here. The the Community Shield happened. Zlatan showed up, but but did he? 
I was gonna say Zlatan showed up, but did he? Did, did he really? Um, for, for no, no, no. He showed, you know what? He showed up because he's not an attack. He wasn't brought in to be an attacking midfielder. He was not brought in to be a creator. He was not brought in to be a dribbler. He was brought in to, to score goals. Mm. Everything else is surplus. You're there to score goals, but primarily to win games. That's what he did. So his yeah. job was done. That's what you were brought in for. You brought in to score winning goals. And that's what he did. And it was a very good winning goal. So very was good it? Winning. I mean, he was he was offside, wasn't he? Yeah, he no, no, no. Well, yeah, he was, it, was, it, was, it was a great offside goal as far as offsides go. I mean, it, well, but I guess, but I mean, how much advantage did he really have? Because he still had to win that header, and yeah. Morgan should have done better. And that was just a very good, like, the placement and angle of his header, beautiful. I mean, if we're going to talk about goals, you have to talk about Lingard, though. I mean, that guy's underrated. I mean, I, I read somewhere that he's the only player to have scored in the FA Cup. And then in the corresponding either Charity Shield or the FA Cup final, and then mm. score in the corresponding um, Charity Shield or Community Shield. So, and and the goal he scored. Uh, who who did they play? Was it? Uh, it was Crystal Palace, wasn't it? Um, uh, in in the FA Cup final. Oh yeah, Crystal season. Palace. Yeah, Crystal Palace. Yeah. yeah, the goal he scored there was. Oh, that was crazy. And for me, I think that was the the better goal. This was good. Mm. I thought the Crystal Palace was the was the better goal, especially. For the moment as well, and yeah, yeah. it was the FA Cup finals too. So for that to win yeah. it, every time I've seen him, this guy always balls, and I think he's underrated. I, I mean, mean, when you talk people oh. talking about that useless Harry Fellaini who gave Vardy a through ball in that game, <laughs> you know, I mean, when when you've got this wretched bricks prancing about, man, and Lingard isn't really giving enough of a shout out, I'm like, man, guys, come on, man. If you remember, I don't know if anybody else kind of remembers this, but. In Louis van Gaal's first Premier League game that he managed for Manchester United, like his very first game, I remember watching mm-hmm. the game, Lingard started that game, and that would have been, what, three or two years ago? But he was injured in the same game. And I think he had a muscle injury that left him out for like four weeks or whatever. And then Manchester United bought uh, Di Maria. So, uh, yeah, yeah. so, I mean, even then, van Gaal saw something in him, and Mourinho started him. But I guess, but he didn't start McTarian, so I don't know how believable this kind Wait, of. Wait, is he English or? Lingard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but obviously half English, half Dutch, or? I don't know, I can look it up. Yeah, because uh, Lingard ain't, ain't like Smithy or um, Johnny Boy or something like that, you know? Um, yeah, no, look, I mean, Lingard. Ah, he's born in the United Kingdom, Warrington, England. Um. But where does our Lingard derive from, though? That's the thing. Um, it doesn't say. Wikipedia. I mean, look, it doesn't matter. Like, he's already... I think he's already <laughs> played... Has he played a senior game for England? Yeah, I'm not sure. His whole name is Jesse Ellis Lingard. I'm pretty sure he's he's completely English with a name like that. Or yeah, Jamaican. No, but Lingard, the way it's spelled, that ain't an English name. That's like Dutch or Belgian or something. But no, no, who cares, man? Um, <laughs> I mean that's that's pretty irrelevant to us. Uh, what about Leicester? I mean, yeah, I was just about to ask you what, about the the miss of Conte in the midfield. That was kind of glaring. Well, you knew it was going to be a big loss, and just viewing that match, even if it's preseason, you can see that what Conte did in that team, like the midfield, is just doesn't have the same presence as as, as one side, you know. And um, like again, they've improved in attack. 
Because Musa, man, that is a huge improvement, but the, the midfield is the nucleus. It's the heart. It's the lifeblood of that ass. And um, for... He's going to get... You can't replace Kante, but you've got to at least go some way to try and get some midfielders to at least try and offset that loss. Well, see, it, I, there, there aren't any players like Kante, nope. I don't think, because there. he was he was almost worth two players. With the, there, is, with, there is one player... Right now, you can tell me who does what Kante does. Nobody. You can't name me one player. Uh, I, I read a quote that Ranieri said. He said, I wouldn't be surprised if I see Kante cross the ball and then head the ball for a goal. It was almost like he, he can oh. be in two places at once and, and, look, and he's worth two players. Look, and let me get a bit Rachel here. When you look <laughs> at his race and look at his calf muscles, that's made completely in Africa. So... <laughs> It's like, look, I mean, look, man, I'm just, I'm sorry, this is, this is talking taxes, we're going to go real, man. It's just called black. I mean, I'll, I'll say it, man, I'll say it as it is. I mean, okay. and look at how black he looks. Look, look at his face, look at how black he looks. So, you know. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, I understand the argument. But, I mean, if, if that was real for every black person, then we'd all be professional footballers. And, unfortunately, oh, yeah. we're not. So, this is particular to him. Definitely treats for a lot of Africans. But, look, like, Okocha couldn't, like, like yeah. <laughs> the so, guy would I mean, run about five minutes and then he'll basically basically like really prance about for like the rest of the whole match. So I mean, yeah, but Kante he's special. I'm not I'm not saying he's not special. He is. Um and again, credit to Leicester's scouting department finding him. What's it, I mean, what's it, I mean that is obviously Myers is obviously a gem, but Kante man, that's because I've always felt that the most important transfer made so far is that Kante transfer. I agree. That is the most important transfer. Because, okay, Ibra is the whole big hype thing. Pogba, again, always the big hype thing. But the most important, effective, functional signing is that one that Chelsea made. Hence, because Conte, guy's tactics, man. And he knows that, no, I want that dude because that dude can effectively work for me. So, man, mm. bless and, the man. And, yeah. and, and he, oh, I was, I was going to say he's only 25 or 26. So Ooh. it's not like it's not like you're signing a 27 year old or a 30 year old. Like I think Chelsea signed Makalele when he was 30 or 31. But Claude, Claude, Claude. oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so Chelsea are going to get the kind of prime of Conte's career, which should be pretty good. Um, and I guess the the last question, or I, I guess I have two thoughts on the on the charity ship. Was it awkward at all seeing Mourinho on the Manchester United touchline? Because that I, looked really awkward. <laughs> like, wait, I don't know. The... I just seeing him manage Manchester United. He's like, there's he's directing players in red. I don't think he's ever done that before. Just kind of just the, the the visual aspect of it. For me, I think that he's managed FC Porto, Chelsea, Real, you know, Inter Milan. Mm. It's, it's another job. And remember, remember, it's it's not just another job, though, is it? No, 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 no. But also remember this is that. This is the job he really wanted yeah. after Chelsea. Well, no, and, no, no. This is the job he wanted after Real Madrid. But Sir Alex was oh, yeah, like... Sorry, yeah, after, yeah, after Real, yeah. After but, Real. Yeah, but Sir Alex was like, let's give it to Moyes. Yeah, because he was I mean, not being very fast. And, and also, also, I mean, Moyes won the Community Shield as well. So I don't... Don't get bent out of shape, Manchester United fans, that, oh, we're going to start winning trophies and this and that. Moyes won that thing too. Look, any United fan who says because they won that match <laughs> that they they will now they're now title favorites need to stop smoking crap. But <laughs> Daniel, let's let's be, be real here. 
if this proper deal goes down, then you will be hearing United say, yes, we will. We are title favorites now. I won't sing that tune, but you will hear that tune be sung oh, on Facebook, of Twitter. Course. Of course. I don't think there's an easy transition into this one. Uh, well, no, actually, well, one last thing. Do you, this is about think... Frank, Frank, Frank the Blue. Uh, whoa, whoa, hit me, hit me, hit me. Well, no. Do you think the Community Shield matters? Like... Yeah. It matters in a sense of... Scale of one like, to ten. I don't think we've never done this before. Scale of one to ten, I'd, I'd say seven. Seven. You you give it a seven. Seven because what it is is that it's, it's like a three, like, dude. It's like mm, a three. No, 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 no. The reason why I say it's a seven is that it doesn't get an eight or nine because again, it's not fully for the season. It's not for points. But what it is is that it gives yourself because it's literally a week before the season starts. It allows you just a very broad thing of like because hence why it's a seven under ten because this, this can't be is seven on the cusp of a it's, it's basically it's in the middle it's not quite a full season game but it's actually more competitive than a preseason game like preseason game that is an exhibition you can make ten subs whatever guys are thinking this is a week before thingy so you're like okay this is close to what my full thingy will look like. Okay, uh, what is a World Cup final on a scale of 1 to 10? It's, it's, it's a 10. 12, 12, 12. No, it, it, it's a 10. Keep, keep going with 12, the scale. 12, 12, it's a 12, it's a 12. Carry, yeah. 12, 12 out of 10, yeah. Champions League final? 9. FA Cup final? You, yes. FA, FA Cup final, that's, that's an 8. Oh, so, so you're putting the Point FA five. Cup final? No, 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 no. An FA Cup final... Point five. Point five. Eight point five. You've you've massively overrated the community ship. Oh no no no! Hence why the basically it's like it's like it can't be seven. It has to be like I'll, I'll meet you halfway and I'll say it's a five. But there's no way seven's too oh, much. Maybe you can take me down to it. I can't go down to a five. No way. Maybe you can take me down to a six. I can't go lower than than six. Now nah, I can't. I know five is when you're five four. That's that's too low because look, it's a week before the season starts. So therefore, this is your team almost as close to what it will look like and how it will play. Mm. Because I mean, if you're like, look, man, how much can your team change in a week? <laughs> mm. You know, I mean, well, I mean, you can get Pogba in a week. No, 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 no. But so, how much can the the team set up what you've worked on and everything change in a week? So basically, United, how United and Leicester, how they played today is very close to how they will look in a week's time because a week is very short. That's like was three, four trading sessions. So you can't drastically change in a week. You can drastically change in a month, but not in a week. <laughs> so it gives uh -huh. you just a broad idea of like, okay, man, what's you know what's up? And also let's just so we're just getting into the groove, and it's a perfect preparation for the thing. Preseason is nothing. That's, those those games are literally like nothing. I don't know. I, the, the scale of one to ten thing is always interesting, but uh, uh, there's no way I'm giving it a seven. Uh, so speaking of things that can't change in a week, maybe uh -oh. things. Oh, speaking of things that maybe can't change in a in a year. When, yeah. When, yeah. When when was the 2014 World Cup? That was two years ago. Yes. Brazil, man, what's going on? The German lubrication lives on. I watched. I watched the game, and they couldn't score against Iraq at home. They were in Brazilia, and Daniel, they joined zero zero with. Iraq and uh, okay, granted, these guys are under twenty three, except for like a few, right? But it's Iraq. Daniel, I'm trying to tell you the answer right now. It's Iraq. I don't. What oh, is your no, answer? No, no, no. This, no, no. This is the answer. 
that lubrication. Please do not justify this. It's yes, a rock. I will. I will justify this right now. Oh my god! You need. You do not. Or the reason why you're saying it's a rock, it's a rock. You need to. You are not um, fully understanding, and you are underestimating the, how great a rock are. No, no, no. You're underestimating the effects of that German lubrication on that fateful day back in 2014. <laughs> that defeat will have... I'm, I'm talking about a decade. This is, this is what I said on my video that I did. This will affect Brazil, Brazilian football for about a decade. Dunga did, didn't work. You're playing some for football, that didn't work. Players, they're now doubting themselves. The fans are against them. Germany have planted a poisonous seed in Brazilian football. <laughs> no, don't, don't laugh, man. This is serious. This is not a laughing matter. This is very serious. This I'm is very just, serious. I'm just like, they could have beat Iraq, and we're just going to say it's because of post-traumatic stress. Yes, PTSD, 100%. So the whole nation has it. Yes. Like, the very fact that Brazil has have not scored in two games, one of which was against a 10-man South Africa, and not against Iraq shows you that look, man, or something deep is happening here. So this post, is Brazil. Post-traumatic seven-one disorder. Yep. <laughs> who who scored their one goal? Was it Oscar? Oscar, yeah, Oscar. <laughs> Who's still crap by the way? I know some guy said on a YouTube thing, "Oh no, no, Oscar is a great player on his day. No, Oscar is crap." That is the most unneeded, unnecessary goal I think that's ever been scored. <laughs> yeah, look, nobody on on, nobody, on that stage. They were down 5-0 after 30 minutes, if I remember correctly. 5-0 after 30 minutes at home. Daniel, that's... Oh, my God. You, do you, you, I, I, you know what? I don't think you actually realize what happened. That's why you just say, hey, man, they lost everyone. You don't actually realize what Germany did to Brazilian football. Forget what they did to that team. What they did to Brazilian football. I'm, I'm actually seeing your point. I think you've just swayed me after I just thought about that. Because, like, it has to put questions in everything you've ever done up to that point. It's then, beyond... Um, but like I told you, that is... Even when I said no, that is the most notorious game in the history of football. So, history. So, so, so you think it'll take 10 years to get over this? Probably, yeah. I think 10 years. So, so basically, this whole generation has to be cleared out, like Moses going around the desert... For yeah, 40 yeah, no, years. that's why I prefer <laughs> for Neymar because maybe when Neymar now becomes 29 or 30, maybe he'll not be with it. Because I remember, because I said, you know, the under 17 boys actually did pretty well. Because mm. in the World Cup that Nigeria won, those under 17 Brazilian boys looked really well. So if those guys, 10 years from now, they're going to be, what, 27 to 28, yeah. maybe that generation will then now bring back the old Brazil. And the key thing is that Daniel is like, Italy have won four World Cups playing defensive football. Germany have won four World Cups playing balanced football. Brazil's five World Cups have been won playing attacking football. 94, yeah, whatever, but essentially it's been won playing their sample attacking football. Mm. This is not about changing your style. You have to accept this L. You've got to accept this lubrication. You've got to accept this poisonous cell and just ride it out. Just ride it out. You know, ride it out. I'm trying to look up the five stages of grief, all right? And the first one is denial. The second, <laughs> the, 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 the second one is anger. The third one's bargaining. The fourth is depression. And the fifth is the word you just said, acceptance. 
And I think Brazil are probably they're, they're at depression at this point. Because I feel you know, like ev- ev- every goal that gets scored in an international competition like that, or ev- or even it's it's not even goals that go against them, because it's it's almost like the burden of having to attack. That's it's almost like an anxiety that they have. Like oh, we have to come out, and that anxiety gets precipitated by the risk yeah, you have to have take. To. Look, you are Brazil. You have to attack, and you're at home. You're at home, so you That's, have to. Attack. That makes it worse. And who is that number nine? What's it called? Gabby Goal or something? You're called Gabby Goal and you can't even score a goal? Didn't we see the same thing with France, though? Like when they played in Paris and the crowd kind of has this almost, it's it's almost like an assumptionist attitude, if that's a word. I don't know if assumptionist is a word. Mm. But it's almost like this prerequisite attitude, like, oh, yeah, we're just going to show up and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then if we don't do it, it's it's almost like a, a negative attitude that kind of comes over the team. France, but imagine that being the whole nation. And also, and also France and Brazil. Brazil are the footballing kings. Mm. They're the five World Cup boys. That's shit. That yellow shit, well, at least it's meant something. So that shit has a lot of history. So I think, hence why they, they may still be in the denial stage. That's, not, that's what scares me. <laughs> That's why I say tennis because I think Brazil are still in the denial stage of where they are right now in their football. So that's that's stage one. I know, which <laughs> is why this is very serious. I know that is stage one, but um, that's why I'm not sure. But I think I think they're still on stage one. That's why this could be a ten-year plan. This actually, 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 okay, they're they're bargaining right now because they've tried Dunga, they've gone this way, they've gone that way. I think they're still trying to figure it out. So I think they've gotten past denial. Yeah, but maybe. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe then they hold. But, but, I, but they certainly haven't reached acceptance. And even when oh, they no, do no reach acceptance, that's just that's accepting it. That's you're not fixing it. You're basically you are you are crap now. That you're no longer the kings of of, of football. And I think the very fact that they are booing is them not accepting that. Where that is, you are no longer the kings of, of football, which it sounds sick to say. So I'm living in a world where Brazil are now not good. I mean, that's that 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 is scary. Wow, dude. I mean, Leicester just won the Premier League, so I mean, <laughs> where are we living? Twilight Zone, man. It's a Twilight Zone, bro. <laughs> so, uh, you want to get into the meat? Uh, that's kind of our news stories. It's depressing ass news, man. Jeez. Uh, you want to get into this league uh, preview? This should take like two minutes or not even. Look, man, I for me, I feel that Montpellier are, are, are going to take that title. You know, you know, I feel that this is their year. This is the year for Montpellier to finally rest, wrestle that title off PSG. How many points were Montpellier behind Paris and Germain last season? Guess. I think, it was about, I think maybe about. Hundred and sixty or something, or something like that. I mean, you were over the top, so now this is going to sound a bit better. But they were forty-seven points behind. <laughs> That's so bad. Yeah. I mean, but look, um, the the second place team was thirty-one points behind. So it's it's like the if you take out PSG from League Um, it's a great league. I mean, yeah. not great, but it's competitive. I mean, that's just look. The thing we look as I said is that you know it's not good for the league. Hmm. What PSG are and what they've allowed to be is not good for the for the. It's it, it can't be good. Like that team is too good and it's just too much better than everybody else. 
Because yes, you can talk about tactics and it's what you do on the day. But when man for man, you've got like studs and diamonds in your team, you are going to win it by 30 something points every season. And, so. and look, they. But I also, mean, I mean, they've lost Ibra, but is that going to still affect them? Because they've got a better coach. Yes, they lost Ibra, but they gained Emery, a much better coach than that's Clan Blanc. And the team that finished second last season, Lyon, they played them in the Trophy de Champions, which is another kind of meaningless friendly game. But if right. you if but if you give weight to the community shield, then I guess I suppose you'd give this a seven as well. And they beat second place four one in preseason. Well, well, when does when does the league one start? Um, no, uh, the the season begins on the twelfth, so that's this yeah. Saturday, I think, oh. or maybe Friday. So yeah, it's like right around the corner. It's it starts with England. So I mean, they just beat Lyon four one. I was surprised. Like, look, it's a cheat code team. It's short. It, like, it is. We have to, you have to look at. Is I think what are they called? The FAA, FA, whatever the freak those FPP financial or oh, FFP. Like, it's ridiculous. You it's cannot fake. allow a team like PSG to exist because it's killing <laughs> that. League. I mean, I know it's it, it's fun for these flaky football fans who always supported PSG once they got all these players, but you've got to look at the integrity of your damn league and say, you know what, this ain't going to roll, bro. You know, so... Do you, do you actually think that PSG can be better without Zlatan? 100% yes. You've always contended that Cavani and Ibrahimovic couldn't play together. Now that you've taken Zlatan out and you say, Cavani, this is kind of your show to run, mm. and you put him alongside the likes of Di Maria, Pastore, uh, and then you have Verratti in the back. You have just an embarrassment of riches. And mm. then you actually give them a manager who's proven a continental level and who is a he's he's just a proven tactician. And it's then you good. put and, and then and then you put Krokoviak in there. You put Benoffa in there. I mean they just signed Hesse. Or is it Hesse or Hesse? I'm pretty sure it's Hesse. Hesse. From uh, Madrid for I think twenty five million euros. It's it's unfair. Hence <laughs> why because that's why there is no point in even commenting on the league. They're going to get 100 points. But, oh, who will come second? Hey, who's going to come second? No, I mean, it's like... Oh. I mean, this, 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 the league is about who's going to get the other two uh, Champions League spots. Yeah. Really. That's, that's because... Like, I, it's too strong. Like, for football, is still a game where if you've got, like, five, six amazing players, that makes a huge difference. Huge difference. That's because, look, football is still... You know, talent is still hard. You can be the most amazing coach in the world, but if you're going up against five, six really good players, you've got to hope that they just have a bad day because if they have a good day, you don't beat them. Well, I mean, <laughs> if it's a pretty good day, you still don't beat them. Yeah, I, that's the problem. Like, you could play your best game. They could play their worst game. And you still, the best result is probably a draw. No, 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 no. no. I think when, I think, did they lose? I think they lost to, I think it was Leon or something away. When Leon had an amazing game, and PSG just had a crap game, and they and they lost, but they can still PSG could still have a crap game, and you could still play your amazing game, and they could still just win one zero. Yeah. You know, because they're so good, they cannot take those their chances. You may have five good chances, not really take them. <laughs> this is the one good chance. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, well, was their goal difference was eighty three. <laughs> 
Oh, come on, Daniel, man. Let's, 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 let's. <laughs> Yeah, Syria, man. So, yeah, you know what? You know about the, the Syria, you know? I think you know what you're no, for no. events with, man. Dude. Like, no, 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 no. We, we did Syria last week, man. Uh, oh, is this La Liga? Yo, actually, uh, well, I have one last thing on PSG. Uh, uh, how important do you think Blaise Matuidi is to that team? See, here's, here, here's the thing. Blaise Matuidi and Paul Pogba have the same agent. So it's supposed... Oh, is it, is it that prick, Raiola? Yeah. So it's it's supposed that Lukaku as well. So yeah, I mean, and Balotelli, I think. Which one? So is he just getting blacks or something? I, no, I think he's Ibrahimovic's agent, or at least he was. Oh, okay. So anyway, uh, it's supposed that Matuidi could be the Pogba replacement in Juventus, which I think was isn't. I don't want to call it an upgrade, but that's it's a like for like switch in Juventus. Well, not like for like, but like they're equivalent players, uh, different qualities, but you know, same number, if you will. And uh, I don't know, that could be a little hit for PSG, but then they they signed Krakowiak, so maybe that's a natural replacement. Wait, wait so, so sorry, where's Mat Matuidi going to then? Oh no, no, he's he's at PSG now. But the thought is that Raiola, because oh, it's like a triangle, because United are buying Pogba, Juventus need a replacement. Right, and mm. because Krakowiak went to PSG, and mm. and Matuidi's at PSG, Royal is like, okay, I can get you to Juventus where they need a player in that position, and it's like a happy triangle. No, Sevilla no, no, lose no, out, but very good signing for Juventus, you know. Yeah, and it would open the door for PSG to just play Krakowiak, who was one of the best players at the Euros. So, anyway, oh, go ahead if you have any thoughts. No, no, not just like I just can't believe Pogba is, is doing this. <laughs> wow. Okay, look, look, man. Let's 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 move on, man. Let's move on. La Liga. Espanol, um, Espanol. Let's say, 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 hola, hola, hola. Um, arriba, arriba. Um, yeah. Okay, um, Speedy. It looked last season like Barcelona were going to run away with the league, didn't it? Yep. And then they lost. Was it three straight games or three out of four? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, they allowed Bars. Uh, I was gonna say they allowed Barcelona. They allowed Real Madrid and Atletico to kind of close that gap. Yes, and sir. They, and they won La Liga by one point on the last <laughs> day. Yeah, uh, I know for me, I think that's you know what um, Atletico. I thought they'd fall off, but they then made a really nice purchase. Gamero, that's a nice purchase, man. Yeah, that's a nice, nice purchase. You know, because that's a nice, good mobile striker, and they just that just gets makes Atletico that outside threat that you know they're just they're just on the periphery. But you know what? Something just tells me that this because remember I was insulting Zidane. I was like, yes, Zidane, one of the greatest players of all time. Great players always translate into great coaches. Dude won Champions League. Dude was only one point behind um, Barcelona, and after Benitez had a horrible time. Even though I think he was treated bad, badly, so something tells me Real are going to get this because Barcelona. You lost that. Dani Alves, I think, is a, is a very big loss because mm. I only began to appreciate because okay, Dani Alves, oh, he's overrated, blah blah. What do people even say about him? But you know, when I was looking at him, and look at how many assists he gets and how he's involved in almost every Barcelona attack, that's a loss, man. That's yeah. a serious loss. 
I think that you know. Um, oh, go ahead. No, no, you go, you go, you go, you go. Well, I was gonna say that Madrid, their only purchase really of of substance, and maybe someone can correct me if I'm wrong in in the mentions. Uh, maybe you can tweet at us at Talking Tactics hashtag Talking Tactics. Why not? Uh, Morata's the only player they bought, and they was a buyback. I don't think they. And that's a very good purchase. Say what you buy back, blowback, snapback, clapback. That's a very, very good acquisition. In a vacuum, it's a fantastic purchase because he's one of the best young strikers in world football. Correct. But do you think Zidane as what this is going to be his first full season as kind of a senior manager. You think he's going to have the bottle to say Benzema sit Morata in? Oh, hell I, yes. I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to start with Benzema and he's going to be, he's going to give Benzema every chance. No, 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 no. Trust me. Zidane is that kind of dude where he's not going to allow players to really sway him or anything like that. And I think no, but right see, back, what he wants in Morata. If Benzema, like Benzema, he's going to look because of seniority and experience. Benzema will be giving his chances, and he'll be giving a few chances. If he keep on messing up those chances and breaking it up, and Morata comes in and Boran Morata balls when he's given the, the chance, Zidane is going to go for the meritocracy. Hmm. But see, Real Madrid is so political that I feel like Benzema is just going to get that chance no matter what. And how often does Benzema have bad games? Zidane, look, man, Zidane is like, Zidane is very, this is, we're talking about Zinedine Zidane. I'm not talking about Benitez. We're talking about <laughs> one of the great names in all of football. Zidane has sway. Yeah. So if Zidane says, yo, man, let's, you know, clap back, man, people will clap back. So, yeah. he so, has sway. I mean, you know, nah, man, don't, don't, don't underestimate the kind of um, power that Zizou holds. Yeah, so, I, I, I I kind of I deleted the questions, but oh. I think but I, but I think one of the questions was one team that you're really excited to watch this year, and your answer would be, you know what? I'm gonna be a bit different. I'm gonna say Sevilla hmm. because of Sampaoli, and because I just think that you know Sampaoli's mind frame and his philosophy is not that different from Una Emery, and just what Sampaoli did his mandate that he says for Chile is what has gonna be is what has made them one of the best teams in the world. So him bringing that very intensive pressing attacking philosophy to Sevilla and maybe adding a few little South American things that maybe Emery couldn't really bring and and teaching some players some nice interesting South American flamboyant tricks. I think they could be they're not going to win it, but I still think they'll be very interesting team team to watch because of Sam Pauli. Mm. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing Atletico. Um, just I want to see how Gamero works in. I want to see how Gaitan from Benfica works in. And last season, I think we saw kind of the limitations of this whole. Uh, we're going to be defensive. We're not going to try to attack you. We're going to play, you know, four four two this and that. I want to see if uh, Simeone has come up with anything in the past. I guess three four months. That can mm-hmm. kind of give his team another attacking level, because I mean, th- I think they kept Torres, but I think Gamero's probably going to get ahead of him in the pecking order. So I kind of want to see what's next in kind of an, an attacking evolution for that team, because you're still going to have Godin, you're still going to have Felipe Luis, you're still going to have you know uh, Juan Fran, 
and Oblak at the back is a fantastic goalkeeper. So that defense is going to be solid. But what is the next attacking progression in Atletico Madrid? And can that get them above the two favorites? And can that get them further in the Champions League? So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, as, far, as far as I think it goes. Yeah, I mean, Atletico, I just feel that they'll always be there. But the, that loss of the Champions League, I, do, I know what I just keep saying. I think for Simeone, he, he needs to take the Argentinian job. I think he's taken Atletico as far as he can. You think so? Yeah, I think he has. Hmm. Atletico are not as rich as Barcelona, Real Madrid. And Madrid. They don't have the same kind of, of pull. And how many times has does Simeone have to keep on extracting blood from rock and, and, and stone? Just I, take I, I, <laughs> I think Simeone deserves a bigger challenge. Hmm. Oh, you... Oh yeah, it is. I was gonna say, you think Argentina's a big challenge? Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. homeboys have happened to win anything since '93. <laughs> I mean, you kind of said extract blood from rock and stone, yeah. and I immediately went to you're trying to get goals out of Torres, and then you say Argentina, and like you're trying to get goals out of Messi. But after what we saw at the Copa America and the World Cup, I can kind of see. Oh no! Two Copa Americas and the World Cup. I can mm. kind of see how yeah. that could be a it, maybe a more psychological challenge than a yeah. tactical challenge. He is he is the right man for Argentina to really give them that psychological. Let's do. Do you think Simeone is a kind of international manager at this stage in his career? He's so young, and the kind of international game is more for the older coach who doesn't want to be involved every mm-hmm. day. I mean, I think that's... I, I, I kind of think he'd lose his mind. I yeah. think... That's, I, I, that's why I think that, like, Conte... That's why Conte wanted to return back to club manager. I think Conte and Simeone are the kind of guys who are, as you said, they're very intense. And I don't think that with the kind of sparsity of international football, where it's not every single week, you know, they're not the kind of guys for the hands like, you know, much more older managers like you know, the whole... They'll Bosque and those... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, if if Argentina could get him, or maybe if he wants a break, he's been at uh, Atletico Madrid for maybe yeah. since 2011, 2012. Yeah. So he's been there for maybe five seasons now. So maybe if he, if he wants a break, like, like you know how... Uh, well, it's not really a break, is it? That wouldn't be a break. That would be more stress. Well, how do you mean? In a sense... If if he goes to Argentina, yeah, he's gonna get one World Cup probably with this last generation, and if he doesn't win that, it's almost like that whole generation failed, and he would be yeah. labeled not. I I kind of think people would forget what happened in the past, and they're just gonna put it all in the 2018 World Cup. And if it's Simeone's face on it, that's not gonna look good. Uh, so yeah, any questions? All right. First question we have here is from Kevin at Kev Tembo. Um, with all the crazy money flying around, do you think it's time for ball gods, salary caps, a la NBA, etc.? Um, yeah, well, I've, I've, I've been calling for this for a while, you know, so. I think I wouldn't want a transfer cap, but I would want a salary cap. And I'll explain the difference. If you want to buy a player for a hundred million, and you just want the rights to talk to him, fine. But you are only going to have maybe 
a million pounds a week to spend on your players. Mm. So you would have to get that player that's worth a hundred million mm. to take a salary within the one the one million a week construct, or maybe two million is more reasonable at this point with inflation and whatnot. Mm. So if you want to spend crazy money to get the player in, cool. But your wage structure is gonna have to be capped off. And I think that's yeah. the way football could work. I think that's what the, this dude was saying, like uh, salary caps, which is how it works in the NBA. Yeah, but uh, NBA is a bit weird because there's no transfer fees, really. It's just trades or oh, drafts. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. American sports are weird that way. Actually, it keeps the kind of proprietary collegiate system afloat. But the whole idea of a trade makes sense. Mm. Because if you have the, the whole transfer thing is like, man, we can just buy these four players off you, and that's it. But if you have a case where, okay, um, Southampton has this really good young kid, and we're not going to lose it to Real Madrid, but hey, man, if you're going to take him from us, let's take some players from you. Yeah. To come to the team. It's just that, that you could never. Basically, it's weird. The damage is already. It's almost like with the whole gun control thing in in America. The damage is already done. You cannot take all guns from America. That's not going to happen. You can't introduce that um, trading system into football now. Yeah, like, it's it's it's, it's way football. too far gone. Yeah, Actually, because no young player in Real Madrid will want to play for in Southampton. That's not going to happen. It's an interesting dynamic in kind of European sports that the players have the power to move. So uh, let's say. Manchester United want Paul Pogba. Manchester United negotiate a transfer fee, which is basically permission to talk to a player. That's basically what it is. So Manchester United pay Juventus 100 or 90 million pounds for the permission to talk to Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba then negotiates with Manchester United de- uh, deciding if he wants to go to Manchester United for X amount. So the the power is with the player at the end of the day. In kind of American sports, if uh, if, if Kevin Durant, or maybe, that's probably a bad example because he's a, he's a very good basketball player. Mm-hmm. But uh, if maybe, I don't know, if, the, if a Harrison Barnes of the world, a team could just trade him and he doesn't have any say on the team that he goes to, he can decide. Oh, yeah. He he can decide not to sign a contract extension with that team, and then become a free agent later on down the line. But if he just signed a five year contract, and a team trades him, he doesn't get to negotiate his salary or his contract out. So that would never work in this current structure in European football because players are so used to deciding their own fate. And I, I in America, it, it hasn't worked like that. That's my kind of two cents. As you said. Player power, that's where we are at right right now. Mm. Players rule right now. And they're the ones that really dictate what happens. So salary cap, transfer cap, I don't see these things ever happening in football right now. Like trading, whatever, like football is the It could. And here's here's the way it could, and this is a bit scary for me. If you get the best teams from England, the best teams from France, the best teams from Italy, the best teams from Spain best teams from Portugal, best teams from Germany, and all the kind of creme de la creme, they decide we're going to make our own league. So this European Super League that's been bounded about for the past 15, 20 years, mm. if, if those teams 
like Real Madrid, Manchester United, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Porto, Benfica, if all these teams get together and they make their own league, independent of UEFA and FIFA and this kind of stuff, because clubs are independent. They choose Mm. to be a part of certain entities. They could make their own kind of contract structure in that way. So if you want to play for Manchester United, the only way we're going to give you money is if we decide when you go or when you stay. So that's the only way it could work is if the whole structure is broken down into the kind of European Super League, which would give clubs way more power than they, I think they deserve. But that's the only way it would work. I'm not going to be a fan on this whole European Super League because if that happens, I may have to fully sign off from all the <laughs> yeah. activities because, because then that really is the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, because that, that, that would it, it would effectively be an NBA, an NFL, a Major League Baseball, um, whatever. That's what it, it would just be a league. But I really, I hope that doesn't happen because, h- however bad club football's gotten, it still has a certain amount of integrity. Like we've done this, yeah. this, this way for the past hundred and twenty years. So if somebody comes along and decides, hey, we can make more money this way, and decides to just ruin or obliterate or blow up. Everything that's been going on for the past century plus, I think that would be a diabolical scheme, and it would kind of put a lot of people off, including myself. For sure, man. For sure. So, for sure. For sure. <laughs> good um, question. Thanks, Kevin, uh, for the question. You, do, you look very good. Very good. Very good. Cue from Kevin. Kev Temple. So, Sabion Tosca at Sabion the Greats. What effect will Mancini? leaving have on the inter squad this upcoming season and what type of impact can De Boer make? First off, um you look at you must have known like last season to begin Syria, Intman were actually top of Syria. I do remember playing that. a very old school 90 style defensive one zero kind of, of football. And I think that that was when I was like began to really appreciate and respect Mancini as a manager. And all they were missing was a creative player. Because if they just bought a creative player in January, Inter would have actually been the team challenging Juventus instead of Napoli. So the structure was there to carry on and improve next season. And they got Eva Benenga as well. Perisic had a really good Euro. So I was like, you know what? Mancini can take what he did in last season improve upon it, and we could see a really stronger Inter Milan team that Juventus have to now deal with, potentially without a Pogba in their team. So what this is, is that this completely throws that plan out of the way. The whole thing of being defensive, being more pragmatic, that's now gone. Mm. So the... I mean, to, and so also to, to do it so close to when the season starts is, for me, I, it will 100% will affect Inter Milan because for Frank De Boer, he's from the Dutch school, where total football, passing, keep it very technical. So his mindset and the psychology is very different from Mancini's. And De Boer is a very young coach. I, mean, I think De Boer is a very good, good coach, very good coach and a very smart player. So he will definitely bring in some interesting ideas into some land, but I think this is a bad timing of this happening because De Boer is so different from Mancini. And the football will be so different that, again, like guy like Felipe Melo, is that a kind of player that De, De Boer will want in his team? Like the very old-school thuggish de- de- destroyer? So, yeah, man, I mean, it's a good 
tiring for De Boer, but I just think whatever happened, whatever breakdown happened between Mancini and Inter Milan, it will affect their preparations for mm. the beginning of the season. It just depends whether De Boer can um, rev them up and just be like a maverick and just get the hit the ground running once they're rolling through. Yeah, I can't see how that would be kind of a, I don't know, a quick switch in a way where you're mm-hmm. trying to, you're, like for the whole summer you've trained one way and then the manager gets sacked and we're going to bring in total football. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. But I mean, didn't, I'm not a crazy Dutch football expert, but I think De Boer won four straight Eredivisie titles. So yeah, yeah I think so. I, I also he lost and he lost the last one on the last day. Yeah, so I mean, he's a proven winner as a player well, and as a co- as a manager. Dutch, so yeah, no, you. I mean, it is the the Dutch league which is different from Syria. But yeah, look, he's winning a, a league is league. winning a league. I mean, one, one, look, winning a league. So yeah. One more question. Yeah. All right. So we go here from Sam Saman at Sam Saman. What is Double H's beef with Christina? <laughs> Go ahead. Um, my beef with Christian. Christian, man, that is an excellent question. And I will be happy to answer this for you right now. Um, Christian, as I always said, is a great school scorer, perhaps one of the greatest school scorers of all time. But I feel he represents a bad image of a sports person and of a football player. The yachts, taking off your shirts, um, growing muscles, being on front of GQ magazines, <laughs> you are showing yourself to be a celebrity, not a football player. So his arrogance, his narcissism, his obsession with himself makes me sick. You know, and for me, one of the worst traits, in my view, is arrogance. You know, I despise arrogant people. And Cristiano, 100%, is one of the most arrogant people that I've ever seen ever. And he's 100% perhaps the most arrogant football player of all time. So that is my beef with him, that I just hate his character. I don't really like his face. And I don't like how he <laughs> presents himself. So, yeah. I don't, I don't have any opinion on Cristiano. I think he's good oh, for what he on, is. I have, have something to, to, to say after, after, that, after that, that rants, man. Come on. I'm neither here nor there. I mean, like... Ronaldo is who he is. He'll get you goals. His name is Cristiano. Ronaldo, there's only one Ronaldo. Please get it right. His name is Cristiano. Let's distinguish. Cristiano is who he is. I mean, he's going to score goals. He's going to rub people the wrong way. He's going to celebrate kind of arrogantly. But but, I mean, if you look at how many goals he scores, he kind of has a right to be arrogant. It's kind of weird that Messi scores all these goals and he's not arrogant. You know? Because... I, I would they, be big headed. Messi because Messi, like, once you're so good and you're that good, you're like, hey, man, yeah, it's yeah, no big deal. Let me try and get in World Cup. Michael oh, Jordan is, was the most arrogant person in the world, like, in a, in a basketball context. If you're good, it kind of forces you to be that way. And I bet you Messi is arrogant. He just doesn't show it in the kind of braggadocious no, like, way that Cristiano does. Let me see. Put it this way. Jordan was arrogant. But... Jordan is arrogant. Jordan is arrogant right now. He's like 50-something. Jordan is arrogant, but (laughs) the difference between that is that when you're that good, I want you to be arrogant. (laughs) You know? Because MJ, you have a right to be arrogant because you're so good. Are you not going to put Cristiano in the same bracket as Michael Jordan? Please don't. Please don't. (laughs) Okay? Cristiano is not the greatest of all time of anything. Michael Jordan is the greatest 
first world player of all time and one of the that's greatest fair. sportsmen of all time. Muhammad that's Ali that's as well. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I would never put them in the same bracket. But I'm just Hell saying. No. But, but if Ronaldo thinks he's in that bracket, then it would explain his kind of arrogance. But then it would also explain why you would look at him like you don't deserve to think of yourself that highly. So, no, no, no. I mean, uh, to, to even think of yourself of like the greatest man, I mean, that's when you're completely de- deluded. <laughs> you well, know? I mean, is, is he deluded if everyone thinks it, though? I mean, you must admit that you are in the minority here as far as world oh, yeah. population that watch football. So, so if everybody, I don't want to, I was going to say something. If everybody's giving him fellatio for, mm. to, to keep it clean, is it w- outside of the realm of possibility that that would go into his head? Like if he's scoring, what is it, oh, no, what, 500 goals for Real Madrid or whatever it is, like that would go to your head and you have social media, uh, Messi versus Ronaldo. So obviously it kind of puts them on the same kind of level. And I mean, for I, me, but it kind of makes sense to me that, that he would have that attitude. But they always like to come on. Like I think the kind of praise that he's been given is pretty much in proportion to the kind of praise that Messi has been given. And Messi has been shown to be arrogant, but not to the kind of level as Christian. I mean, Messi, this guy, he gets invited to open up stadiums and gets names, gets stadiums named after him. People giving him shirts like he's not. He's a UNICEF ambassador. So Messi, trust me, people bow at that guy's feet. Have you, you seen know, Messi's head? What? Have you seen Messi's head, his hair? Only an arrogant uh, person would do that to themselves. No, 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 no. That's called... Um, do you know how self-confident you have to be in order to ruin your hair like that? No, no, that's called de- depression. That is him <laughs> acting out after the Copa America loss. Uh, so what, what, he's, he hasn't even reached denial yet. Like, if he's trying to go through that. Look, denial <laughs> is no excuse. That guy, I think he's on stage one. So. He's, try- he's, try- <laughs> he's trying to change his whole appearance, like... That's crazy. But yeah, oh, man. I I, uh, so, I think we have one more topic. Yeah, one, one more. Wait, one, uh, one, one more question? Or uh, no, nah, no. Nah, it was just it was a topic I was thinking of. <laughs> and oh, I was, don't, I, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do this, man. We're going here, okay? We're going here, okay? And I don't want this to go off too long like we did on the African Legends one last time. But uh, oh. Okay, so you are Nigerian. Correct? Allegedly. Allegedly. And who was the manager before, or who just got sacked? Um, well, Oli, well so, so, I mean, Olise got sacked. Mm-hmm. And I think Siasa came in and Siasa somehow failed to qualify for the Nations Cup. So I think he got sacked as well. And, and yeah. Ni- and Nigeria have actually. now hired a German fellow by the name of Gernot Rohr. Um, the Nigerian FA announced this either today or yesterday. Or actually, no, because you guys are listening to this a day in advance. So at least in the past two days. And uh, this guy, he's a traveling manager, I think we could call him. And his last three stations have been in the continent. Um, he's managed Gabon. He's managed Niger. So he's going to get a little a double there. And he's managed Burkina Faso. Who's, whose best player is uh, Bertrand Traore, by the way. So shout out there. Um, what is going on here? Um, and my question is, I remember, well, who's the guy that managed um, Ivory Coast? He was a white dude. Uh, he kind of looked like the guy that they put on the novels. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, like basically some just basically like a Michael like the model Bay clone. Dude? Yeah. I guess I suppose my question is, 
why are African teams managed by white people? I, I guess it's my question. At the effectively, because do you I, want the real answer or the fake answer? The real answer. This is talking tactics, man. Give me the real answer. Okay. The real answer is that this stems from a slave mentality and imperialism of the perception that, you know, what is white is better. That black people, yourself, can't do as well or as good as a white man. There is no... Nobody can tell me. Look at what Amunike did with those young boys under 17 level. The amount of experience that CSA have. Eguavon, that's another uh, player from the 94 era team. They're many, like Olise, people thought that you know the guy had a very, very hard and unfortunate relationship with the Nigerian FA. The amount of Nigerian coaches in the Nigerian local league, Nigerian coaches who've gone out into Europe, there is a wealth of talents to choose from of Nigerians who, because the Nigerian they understand Nigerian football, mm. to get some no-name dude <laughs> who's around collecting checks from all these African teams to coach the Nigerian national football team, it's, it's an insult. It's, and for me, it is it's the mentality. It's blacks hating themselves, saying that a no-name white coach is better than actual quality black coaches and better than coaches of yourself it's because you're too afraid to try and fail with your own. You'd, you'd rather go out and get a, a no-name white coach who really doesn't actually deserve this post. It's just, it's certainly colonialism. It's certainly black people looking at white people like, he's, he's probably better for the job at the end of the day. And I think that it's a deep-seated kind of embedded self-hatred that a lot of us have, mm-hmm. where, yeah. where it's almost like, well, they're white. They're probably, it's white is right. You know how to say Yeah, it white is right. If you're white, it's all right. It just annoys me because you have to, like, you know your country better than an outsider does. You know the ethic and the kind of uh, perception that people in the country have of the, the football that you play. So only hmm. a Nigerian would know exactly what Nigerian football means to the people, what it looks hmm. like, what it like, how, how the players interact, e- even the culture and the languages that certain regions have in different places. It's like it's not that easy or not that simple. And it, it frustrates me that we tend to look outside rather than looking inside first. It's it's kind of like an integration. I don't. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, it goes deep, especially when you think of like black people in America, where they wanted, uh, I I want to play in Major League Baseball rather than I want to make the the Negro leagues better. I want to drink at the Whitewater Fountain rather than you know improving our own and doing it for ourselves and spending with black businesses. There's this whole thing where it's kind of like white is right. It's it's just ingrained self-hatred and it, it kind of annoys me, but I don't know if it goes as deep as this hiring specifically because maybe he's going to turn out to be great, but it's just the fact that he's just jumped from African country to another one to another one to another one. It's kind of like, what is going on? You know, for me, I think that's just saying it's like the only people that can stop this are the federations. So if the federations and the, the federations FA are the actually, problem, though. No, 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 no. They're the, but they are the problem, but also they are the only people who can actually make a change because they're the people who hire these people. They're the people who um, kind of encourage coaches to get their coaching badges. They're the people who. That's true. 
and do the youth systems and everything. So and then and then end of the day, they're the ones who hold all the the cards. So they have to be the ones that they say, you know what, we will put in not only more faith into Nigerian coaches, but we'll actually promote mm. these Nigerian coaches. We'll actually give them chances because again, I in my view, my belief is that fail with your own, succeed with your own. Mm. That's for me. That's that's how it should, it should it should always be. You can be like, okay, we filled with our own. Let's get some foreign guy before, because the last foreign coach who was a success for Nigeria was Westerhoff in 1994. You could possibly say Bonfredo who won the Olympics in '96, but really, Nigeria's best foreign coach was Westerhoff in 1994. Like you know, Militunovic, Betty votes. A lot of these other guys who've come and gone, they've not done that. They've been crap. So, well, see, and there's also this thing where I'm sorry, very quickly. Shout out to um, Kesha. I think he was buried. I think a few days ago. Mm. So, yeah, I have to just say my condolences to the rest of his family and just like a huge shout out to like a living legend. It's just appropriate to really mention his name in this conversation that we're having. Likewise, so. likewise. Uh, man, you made me lose my thought. Oh. There's there's this thing in America. It's called the Rooney Rule, right? And it's, oh uh, yes, yeah. And it's it basically says if there's a head coaching job or a general manager job, this is speaking of American football, that a minority, a person of color, basically, has to be interviewed. Um, so a, a lot of times, this rule is abused, where people in positions of power who already know who they're going to sign, they're probably going to sign someone that's not of color. They're going to sign a white person and they'll mm. just bring in a black guy. It'll be like a, a mock interview basically just to meet the criteria and people end up, the white person will be hired. So it can be abused in that way, but in other ways it gets people who wouldn't be interviewed in the door. Right. Yeah. And, and it kind of shows off the kind of diversity of talent that minorities have in coaching. I say minorities, but there are more people of color on the planet, but Okay, <laughs> it's a different argument for another day. Uh, in the UK, there are people who are kind of wanting this rule to be implemented in um, uh, kind of British football. So I think the number is around 33% of all players that are playing British football that's in all four tiers are people of color. So it's somewhere between 25% and 33%. But of the, I think it's 96 positions of managerial people, there might only be three uh, black head coaches, right? And a lot of mm. people are like, look, if we're good enough to run, if we're good enough to sprint, if we're good enough to head, kick, make, make decisions on the pitch, if we're good enough to do all this stuff, how come we're not getting in the door? And how come we're not being able to uh, manage teams? And I look at it, and then I think, if you look back to Africa, though, which is the homeland for many people of color. If African federations aren't even looking to their own first, how does that look to people outside Africa who don't have any kind of loyalty to black people? I mean, they're not required to do anything for us, but we should be the first ones to be willing to put people who look like us, people who understand us in positions of power, which would then feed to People like me who maybe I want to be a manager. Maybe I don't see anybody who's of color in management. So it's like, oh, I can't do that. So maybe I'll just be a journalist. Not saying this is actually true, but it could have been, hmm. you know? 
look, only what you're saying is true, you know, but the reality of the matter is that people just don't see the bigger picture. People don't see the effects this can have on guys like you and guys like me. People are just viewing this in a microcosm and in a very warped, poisonous sense of let's just get the white guy who they are better than us. They're not thinking of like, not only is it better to hire a coach of your own, but you know, what kind of effects can it have and the, and how it improves the culture and the perception of the younger boys who mm. are saying, I thought like just the perception of Keshi on that touchline is huge. It's huge. You know, so, but again, I go back to some point, the point I made is that, you know, these people of these federations, they are failing. They are failing the are nation. They? Are because, they? Yes. Yeah. Because how, how do we know this isn't just orchestrated? I kind of have a deep-seated kind of pessimism when it comes to institutions like football associations oh. or governments or things like that. You're going to hold conspiracy rules. I, it's, I don't know if it's a conspiracy. It's just like, I, are these things happening on purpose? Or is it just all coincidence? And and you can say it's happening coincidentally because of the, the, the pathology and the history of white supremacy and black people thinking white people are better. Or you could say, yes, that's true. But there's also kind of, I don't know. I don't want to get too deep into it because I don't want to say anything out of turn. That's going to ruin my money. <laughs> uh, but, 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 What's that mouth, you old man? Just it's just, I don't, it just, it doesn't make any sense that this keeps happening and happening and happening, unless there's some kind of orchestrated thing behind it. Like, yo, we're just gonna try to push this. And let's, I don't know. Let's get more blacks as managers. That's all I want. All I want. All I and it's not much. All that's what I, all I want is a Nigerian manager, Nigerian coach. That's what I want. Well, obviously, I want Nigeria to win the World Cup, but that's that's that's. <laughs> Well, who knows? I mean, if this guy wins World Cup, then I mean, it's we'll not going to happen. We'll have egg on our face, but it's no, that's, that's not, not happening. I can guarantee you that this dude ain't winning no. This dude ain't winning nothing. I, and and ha- if it's Mourinho, then cool, like come manage us. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you you just managed Burkina Faso, like how do you get the Nigeria job? It's like what European teams have you managed? What clubs have you managed? How well have you done with these clubs? <sighs> No, no, it's no. You know what? I mean, even when he starts, it's it makes me even sick. Even <laughs> talking about those things, it makes it makes, it, it, it sickens me so to the core. Are we gonna end on a downer like this? Yes, yes. <laughs> racism, and, and US, racism, and white supremacy. I, I told you not to bring up this question, but you know, it's it's, it's your fault that we, we end up in a downer. We should have started with this and ended with Ronaldo. We can't end yes, with racism. We should have ended with with Chris Christina. That's a more upbeat thing to end on, you know. To end to, together as one. I love the world, I love people, and I love pandas and bunnies. Amen. Yeah, you can follow us individually at Daniel to look at Have Hope Hut. You can follow us at the Talking Tactics handle. Uh, if you have any questions, you can email them to talkingtactics at mail.com. Yes, sir. Um, All right, man. And what's the yeah, Look, man, just reach us on iTunes, SoundCloud. And all that stuff, and remember, remember to like this SoundCloud thing. Read, yeah, man, read. hit the hearts. Share it, share it around, share it on your Twitter, share it on your Facebook, and also hit that like button, man. It helps. Yeah, helps man, out there. And yeah, like Double A said, man, SoundCloud, iTunes, follow, subscribe, like, hit the hearts, and just help us out, man. And this is Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. And always football. Indeed. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace out.
Social Podcast Network.